0: hello Sawbona, how's it Morlo Jambo and welcome to every nation Devon podcast we hope this message will inspire you and draw you closer to Christ
1: enjoy well, good morning everybody I hope you're all good and strong and well today. Today we're continuing with our Art of Spirituality sermon series. It's the second to last one. Bob Lange is going to finish off next week, but I don't know about you, but it's been a powerful series in my life, and I feel like every Sunday I go home more enriched, more challenged, and uh, more equipped for this this life that we're called to live. So we're going to start off um, in the book of Proverbs this morning, Proverbs 4, verses 4 to 6. Take hold of my words with all your heart. Keep my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, say wisdom. Wisdom. Get understanding, say understanding. Understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will do what? She will protect you, love her and she will watch over you today we are going after wisdom and we're going after understanding around a topic that is pretty tender for a number of us and i include myself in that um but if we will tend to wisdom and if we will lean into understanding wisdom will watch over us and protect us and we're gonna we're gonna look for the wisdom in the midst of this word no matter how tender As topic it might be for many of us amen what are we looking for we're looking for the wisdom in the midst of the word okay verse 20 to 23 says my son pay attention to what I say turn your ear to my words do not let them out of your sight keep them within your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body above all else Guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And because it's a tender topic that we're gonna be addressing this morning, I want to implore you to guard your heart, all right? What are you gonna need to guard your heart from? Perhaps you're gonna need to guard your heart from pride that says, I'm fine in this area. Perhaps you're gonna need to guard your heart from offense that says, is she pointing fingers at me? Perhaps you're gonna to have to guard your heart from thinking that you know better, and I wanna encourage you to, have, to be teachable. And most importantly, I wanna implore you to allow the Holy Spirit to minister to each and every one of us, because I do believe that the Holy Spirit is gonna to speak to each of us individually on this topic, and He's gonna help us, and we're gonna find life and health for our whole bodies. Do I have an amen? Yay, we have an amen. Okay. Um, so what are we talking about? We're talking about the art of spirituality, my body, his temple. Can you say that? My body, his temple. Turn to your neighbor and say, is she really going there? Is she going to challenge us on our bodies? Okay, we, we're going to look at the spiritual art of stewarding the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is our individual bodies. Okay, so um, I'm gonna be very open and honest with you and tell you that the stewardship of this temple, the body that God has given me, has not been an easy road or a smooth road for me. And there have been many times when I've had an unhealthy relationship with this temple. Um, where I haven't stewarded it well. Maybe it was the way I looked at it, the way I spoke about it, the way I starved it or binge ate or was overly concerned about it or not concerned about it enough. You know, I feel like in the years, the stewardship of this temple, my journey, has been like a bit of a roller coaster. And um, I... At one stage I actually weighed 15 kgs more than I weigh right now and uh, when you're tall you can get away with that to some extent but you know when you put your clothes on that they're not fitting you and something is not right here and um, so I feel like I've navigated quite a lot and I'm nearly 44 so I've done a couple decades through this journey and seeing how different decades affect your body in different ways My sister-in-law always told me, Tricia, once you hit 40, you're going to see. It's not as easy as it was in your 20s and your 30s. And she was right. (laughs) She really was. Anybody over 40 know what I'm talking about. Um, But I really want to implore you just to to lean in. We each have a journey. And I feel like over the last couple of decades, I've really started to master the art of the stewardship in a much healthier and helpful way. And... um, And I've also had a number of conversations with people who are further down the journey, and I've observed people further down the journey, and I I can't tell you how important it is that we steward our bodies. We steward our bodies as a spiritual art form. My father always says, use it or lose it. And he is in his seventies and he can still go out into the ocean and big waves and surf ski and race and paddle and do all these things because he's always been very active and attentive to his body and his health. And I don't know about you. What do you want to look like in your thirties, in your forties, in your fifties, in your sixties? What do you want 70, 80, and 90 to look like in your journey and in your story? I have a 96 year old granny, nearly 96. And she can still walk and she can still um, go up and down stairs and you you have to help her a little bit here and there. But 96 and she's still moving around, that's a good innings. What do you want to look like at 96? How do you want to be functioning? And so often when we're younger, in our younger years, we don't think about those things as much as we ought to and we think it's always just going to be like it is, but then you get there and then it's not. Okay, so we're going to invest in our future selves by taking heed to the wisdom that we're going to talk about today. So why is this a spiritual matter? Why is this not just, oh, did I come to church for a health talk? Like, what's that about? Well, I want to tell you something. Simply put, your body's ability to function optimally can affect your effectiveness for the kingdom. Simple example. If you are tired and sluggish how do you wake up early and pray effectively and advance the kingdom true story I mean it's just a simple little thing but the things that are going on in our bodies affect our ability to fully participate in what God is doing and it can even affect our ability to hear him and it can affect our ability to obey him so the stewardship of this temple is a spiritual matter it's a spiritual practice to care for our bodies to look after them to get the most out of them to not let them become idols and to not neglect them but to walk that road that narrow road of good healthy wisdom and the reality is is that we're living in a very broken world system yeah the world system around us is very very broken and sometimes if our bodies aren't strong enough they can't cope with the assault of this brokenness this broken world system they can't they can't handle stress they can't handle disease they can't handle accidents if they happen and then potentially we cannot live out the days that have been allotted to us because our bodies just can't stand they simply cannot fight The good fight. So as humans, we're navigating things like impaired metabolisms, inflammation, toxins, poor gut health, stress. How many of us are sluggish and tired most of the time and then using stimulants and and refined products to try and get a little pick-me-up? there's pressure and strain on our organs. There's disease, there's viruses, there's cancers. There is a lot that this broken world is throwing at us consistently. And reality is we have a battle to fight. We have a kingdom to advance. But if we as the army are not in good shape, we're gonna get taken out. And it's a spiritual matter because these are God's temples. And if we're spending all our time praying about the disease in our own bodies and praying about why we're so tired and and how we can't deal with the stress how are we going to pray and and deal with other people's stuff we've got to be an army that is sharp alert full of wisdom fully attentive and strong on the front foot as we advance god's kingdom amen now for the record A person can have the appearance of health, but not be healthy at all. So I'm not not just pointing fingers at, at, I'm talking about all of us. You know, when I was in the fitness industry working in London, we had these top models that we had to train, and they had these tiny, skinny little bodies, but they were technically obese, because their fat levels were so high in their pin-like bodies. They were incredibly unhealthy. They were biologically obese, but you would look at them and you'd say, oh, no, they're fine, but they weren't. So this is for all of us, okay, and I want to encourage us to to lean in to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to go on a journey together. We're gonna have Dr. Dineo. Um I did a little interview with her earlier this week because she couldn't be here today to do it live. So we're gonna hear from Dr. Dineo and um, some of the incredible wisdom that she's got around um, the topic. But before we, we get into that, I think there is one overarching idea that settles the matter on all that we're gonna share. And this is the idea. Who owns your body? Think about that for a moment who owns your body who owns my body well let's go to the word and let's see what what the word has to say 1 corinthians 6 19 to 20. do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god you are not your own you were bought at a price therefore honor god with your bodies you see if we can settle the matter of ownership it revolutionizes our thinking because it's not about me myself and I and what I choose and what I want to do it's actually you are stewarding something that belongs to somebody else and that somebody else is the creator of the universe who has decided to abide within the human form and he calls it his temple and he calls us to steward it so we are stewarding the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we can settle that, it makes our decisions every day a lot easier. Whether it's what we decide to put in our mouth regarding food and drink, whether we decide to go for that jog or use the stairs instead of the escalator, or what we choose to put into our children's lunchbox because they're nagging us, all comes down to the issue of ownership. If we can settle that half the battle is won 2 Corinthians 6 16 through to 7 verse 1 says we are the temple of the living God what a privilege guys what a privilege we are the temple of the living God as God has said I will live with them and walk among them they will I will be their God and they will be my people therefore come out from them And be separate says the Lord touch no unclean thing and I will receive you and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters says the Lord Almighty therefore since we have these promises dear friends let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit perfecting holiness out of reverence for God We're going to go through today, and I'm hoping that you will allow your heavenly father to parent you. Let your heavenly father just chat with you, let him speak to you via his, the spirit that's within you, that still small voice, just let him parent you through this, because we are his sons and daughters. And if we are honest, guys, if we're honest, there are many unclean things that we allow into our bodies. We've become a society that is way too familiar with and comfortable with things like MSG, refined sugars, processed foods, excess meat, and takeout. We've become very familiar and comfortable with that. And if we actually had to take a critical look at our shopping basket, when we go to the shops, I think we would find more chemically enhanced, genetically modified antibiotic pumped items than we would fresh, raw, and natural items. Why has it become the norm to contaminate contaminate our bodies in this way? Well, I think a lot has to do with us becoming like the world and not being set apart we've become like the world in its trends in its patterns and we just accept that that's what foods like now you go to the shops that's what's there that's what you can buy and I really feel the father calling us out from such thinking I feel him calling us to himself that we would see things that are unclean and contaminated and we would call them unclean and contaminated and, um, and see it for what it really was. It really is. You know, you think about Daniel when he was taken to Babylon. He resolved not to defile himself. Living in this day and age, when we go shopping, we have to resolve not to defile ourselves because it's easy and it tastes good and it makes the kids keep quiet. You don't have whining kids because they got that we have to make a decision like he did to resolve not to defile ourselves. He did that with the royal food and wine and he chose to rather eat vegetables and drink water. Aren't you excited right now? Okay. It wasn't because he was some lowly boy who couldn't handle the good stuff. Okay. He actually was from nobility himself, but out of that place of royalty, he was able to apply wisdom and discern what things were going to be unclean and what was going to contaminate him as compared to what was going to be beneficial to him. And as a result, after 10 days, he and his friends were looking so much healthier, so much stronger than all the others that the gods actually took away those choice foods what the royal table had put aside for them and gave them all vegetables and water i'm sure he was not very popular amidst everybody there so when you look at your food and beverage choices will you do it from the vantage point of your royal identity your divine position as god's son and daughter? as someone entrusted to steward a temple that the living God will abide in? And will you take your responsibility to steward this temple seriously? And will you take seriously the effects of poor nutritional choices, not only for your own health, but for your children's health too? Amen. Are we ready to listen to a little interview with Dr. Deneo? And we'll hear from from this very incredible woman. Well, Dr. Deneo, thank you so much for being here with us today. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing everything that you have to share with us. And guys, I'm going to let Dr. Deneo introduce herself with regards to her credentials and um, her passion and heart for health and wellness so take it away. Let us know who you are.
0: <laughs> wow. So my name is Dineo Chitambo. Um, and I'm a medical doctor by profession, as hopefully most of you know. Um, but I'm such a wellness enthusiast and advocate. And for that reason, I'm actually a budding health coach. And I've also attained a diploma in child health. Um, Um, I really aspire to be a public health medicine specialist one day. Brilliant. And today I'm really, really excited to share my heart and passion for nutrition because I think for me, this is one of those connecting the dots moment for me. Um, As I look back at how I first fell in love with nutrition through my own weight loss journey and I think through how it transformed my own life, I just want to share that life-giving gift yeah. with everyone today and really allow everyone to realize that amazing gift of good food and nutrition that's been given to us yeah. and how they can use it for themselves.
1: That's so good. That's so good. And obviously, being a medical doctor, you are on the front lines with regards to health and um people are coming to you with different diseases and you're researching a lot of things. What, what, is, the, what is the state of our nation at the moment with regards to disease and um, challenges that are directly related to nutrition? Should I start with the good or the bad? <laughs> take us away with the good and then you can take us into uh, where we need to change. <laughs>
0: Okay, I'll start with the good. There are some good um, things. I think one of the worst yet best things that could have happened to us was COVID-19, the global pandemic. Um, Because it seems that after the COVID-19 pandemic, a lot of people actually realised the need to prioritise our wellness, the need to prioritise our health. Mm. And a lot of people were dying from weight-related issues. So COVID-19 was actually found in a lot of people who are overweight, obese, mm. you know. So it seems that a lot of people since then have changed towards healthier eating habits, yeah. um, have now started um, researching more about healthy eating patterns and mm. foods, and also... It seems that people are now using nutrition labels more often. Right. Even though there's still a lack of understanding, sure. um, more people are drawn towards that. And that people who now um, follow like, healthy lifestyles in terms of exercise are also more drawn to healthier eating patterns. Right. So those are the good things. And we are winning a little bit in terms of like, addressing um, low birth weight in our country and okay. other nutrition issues. Right. Which is good. That, which That's is the good, good stuff.
1: That's the good. We got the wake-up call through, through 2019, 2020. We got a wake-up call, you know, which yeah. is the good side of things. Mm. Um,
0: the bad side yeah. of things is that the figures are not looking
1: good. Right.
0: Unfortunately, South Africa is actually one of the leading countries in sub-Saharan Africa in terms of the obesity and overweight statistics. Okay. So, currently, since about 1975, there's been a triple in number wow of the statistics so currently 68% of women and 31% of men are obese and wow. overweight okay even children the number of children that are now obese and mm. overweight has increased mm. to 13.3%, Sure. which is actually more than the global average. Wow. That's scary. That is
1: very scary. And that's here in South and Africa. And that's here
0: in South Africa. Sure. Now, another interesting thing about South Africa as a developing country is we are going through what we call the nutrition transition. Okay. Right, so that means we're moving away from our normally cultural lifestyles, mm-hmm. and we're moving towards a westernised lifestyle. Okay, which is not so great which because is not great, no. we're now eating high dense, f- high fat um, foods, which mm-hmm. are not so healthy for us. But mm-hmm. we're not supplementing that with extra activity. Right, um, you know, to kind of
1: compensate for that. And those are the foods we kind of find that are convenience foods. Those are the and foods. And we're under pressure time-wise. Of course. So that's why so we're leaning into that. we're
0: now finding a dual burden of disease. In the same household, you can literally have a malnourished child okay. and you can have an obese child. Wow. Whereas previously, malnourished children were our main concern. You know, that mm. child children are not getting enough nutrients, enough food. Mm. It's now a dual burden. Wow. Which is pretty scary, you Mm. know, considering that obesity is actually one of the main risk factors for heart diseases, strokes, cancers, Mm -hmm. hypertension, diabetes. And these are diseases that are actually causing about 40% of deaths worldwide. Wow. That's huge. 40% of deaths are lifestyle related diseases. can be avoided. Can be avoided. Wow. Can be prevented. Mm. Now, the other thing is that It's not just about these diseases, right? But it's also about how this weight on mothers actually affects their health Mm -hmm. and the children's health. Okay. So mothers who are overweight and obese can actually suffer from miscarriages, infertility. Sure. They can give birth to congenitally abnormal babies. Wow. And they are actually more prone to things like having hypertension and eclampsia in pregnancy, Mm. which can result in very unpleasant Complications. Wow! And even after pregnancy, they are more prone to more complications. Mm. So it's just this vicious cycle, cycle, you know. And as we can see already, the stats are showing women mm-hmm. are more obese than men.
1: Sure, and and it's amazing around that childbearing age yeah. is is quite significant. Yeah, very significant. And then you also have the whole. Using food to cope emotionally with the burdens and the strains of being working moms and absolutely time um,
0: is an issue. Convenience is a factor. Cost is a factor. I mean, right. the average food basket is sitting at four thousand something at, right, at the moment. Right. Um, whereas minimum wage per month is like three thousand five hundred. Sure, sure. Um, so marketing, you know, environment—all mm. those things are factors that play into how we make decisions.
1: Wow. To our food, yeah. That is a lot. That's a lot to um, to process <laughs> and think about. Um, and and I mean, when you say obesity, I mean that sounds like quite a Drastic, dramatic word. Yeah. But actually, a lot of us are living with obesity and we don't Absolutely. even know it. Absolutely. I don't think half of us know our BMI. Right. And it's
0: found that actually in South Africa, globally, again, we're leading in terms of an excessively high BMI, more than right. the average Wow, so yeah. we need to
1: go and get that checked out. We need to go and get that and, checked out, and not out. be scared of these terms, but to be like just knowing where we're yeah. at, so do we can do know something about it. Your health it. status its, it's literally a,
0: a matter of knowing your health status. Right. What is your health status at the moment?
1: Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so um, and and what's encouraging is that. A lot, this is this is diet related so we can really address it and we can prevent it and absolutely. we can and as the church we should be leading the way absolutely because we are the ones who understand stewardship and understand that we've absolutely. got to take care of god's temple and yeah. um and and pave the way for for other people
0: yeah
1: okay definitely so, i think
0: mm-hmm. if if we're to do what we're called to do and reach our destinies. We need to be well. Right. The kingdom needs to be well. We need to thrive. Yes. You know? And I believe
1: that's what God wants for us as well. Absolutely. You know? So
0: I think that's really something, we, like you said, we need to really steward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's get very um, practical and, and also... To, to understand the role that the family that we grew up in, how that's affected our um, our patterns and our habits mm-hmm. with regards to food and food choices mm-hmm. and the way we think about food and then what we then perpetuate in our households. And let's focus in on the kids in particular because I think um, our responsibility is yeah. to steward ourselves but then to also steward the next generation. Yeah. So maybe you can just chat into that a bit.
0: Sure. So... I mean, family and background definitely have a big part to play. So there is an element of genetic predisposition in all of us. But then that can be altered a lot by Mm -hmm. our environment and what we're exposed to. So again, exposure, super important. Now, so there was a debate between parents and healthcare professionals before, right? Okay. So mothers and parents actually believe it's been found that children don't know the difference between a healthy and an unhealthy option. Okay. Right? And they were saying that their children are genetically predispositioned to make either healthy or unhealthy choices. Okay. And healthcare professionals were like, nah. It's the environment. It's the environment. Right? So they did a study. And what they found in the study is actually both have a role to play. Right. But the difference is here. Those who make choices to the more nutrient-dense foods Mm -hmm. have a more genetic predisposition to that. Okay. And those who choose the high-fat, high-starch, snacky foods Mm -hmm. are more influenced by their environment. Okay. But the silver lining here, you can change your genetic predisposition right. through what you expose your child to in the environment. Right. So what they found is that if you are modeling right, yourself the healthy eating patterns and the healthy food choices, then that gets passed on naturally to your children. Mm-hmm. And a pediatrician, Dr. Allen, says that, Parents often think that a child rejecting a food two or three times actually means that they don't want it. Yes. But actually perseverance and persistence will result in them accepting and even taking pleasure
1: in in that food. Yeah. And changing their palate. Like you can definitely change your palate.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So nature versus nurture... Definitely Mm -hmm. what you expose your children to, nurture, has Mm. a bigger role to play. So,
1: it's in our control. It's in our control. We can do something about it. We can
0: definitely do something about it. Yeah.
1: And our children need it. Because the statistics with the children are not looking so good.
0: Not looking good. And the numbers have tripled, Trish, over the past, like, Mm. 10 years. Yeah. You know? And I look back at my own journey when I was a child and just the diseases that children are suffering with that they would otherwise not have to. Right. When I was a child, I was an overweight, obese child. And at the time, I didn't realize actually that it was having an impact on my mental health. Right. But the minute my life transformed through my own weight loss journey and my passion for healthier food options... Is the minute I realized, oh my gosh, I've got like an elevated sense of self-esteem. I'm yes. more confident. Mm-hmm. I'm like more alert. I sleep better at night. Got more energy. I've got more energy. Yeah, you know, I'm more inclined now to make healthier eating. I'm like even more inclined to read more right. about nutrition and food and yeah. what it does to our bodies. So yeah, it's such a transformative thing, and if we can give that to our children, yeah,
1: you know, because I think you as a child, you you actually suffer with pre-diabetes absolutely yes thank correct? you for reminding
0: me so I had asthma right and I was pre-diabetic oh wow which means I didn't have the disease yet yes but I had symptoms that were showing that I could potentially sure develop diabetes and
1: you were a child you and didn't need that child. you didn't <laughs>
0: need that you wanted to just um, be playing and having a good time yeah. and imagine I mean you know it, it, that's actually how my dad found out that he has diabetes and that's how we found out it runs in the family you right know? but thankfully i actually stopped the process mm-hmm. you know by 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 changing my lifestyle right. and my food habits and okay. i've never had any symptoms of diabetes since
1: wow and the asthma
0: The asthma is gone wow i'm completely on just the controller for Wow. Compliance purposes. Right. But I don't remember the last time I had an attack. Wow. And I mean, it's it's. And just that was incredible.
1: addressed from childhood. And that was it addressed. It got sorted out in childhood. From
0: childhood, and it's now a lifestyle.
1: Wow. It's now a
0: lifestyle.
1: That's brilliant. Yeah. That's so good. Wow. <laughs> well, I think we should wrap this with you giving us some insight as to. What foods should we eat? What should we avoid? How can we make better choices? How can we be these parents and these adults who are stewarding our health and well-being and then passing on um, good habits to to the the next generation? Mm. Trish, look, I think
0: everyone here today knows what they should be doing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We know what to do,
0: don't we? (laughs) I think we all know what we need to do. But it's just hard. Right. You know, it's hard and we don't do what we know we're supposed to do. Right. But here are some of the things I can say if you walk away today. Just take one at least Mm -hmm. and just tell yourself you're going to implement this one. Right. Okay? Number one, focus on real food. We're talking organic, natural ingredients. And I think we all know what what we mean by real food. If it comes from the ground... If it comes from it's the ground, real. it's not ready-made, you know. It <laughs> didn't get made in a factory. <laughs> real food. We need, our bodies need unprocessed natural ingredients. That's what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And our body can feel it. We right. feel the difference. Yeah. Next, we need nutrient-dense, unprocessed foods. Back to what we've just spoken about. Then don't be afraid of fats. Be afraid of the source of fat.
1: Okay, that's good. Let's talk about that. Right.
0: So, I mean, I'm going to make a crazy example Um, let's just say fat from a cake, piece of cake, for example, versus fat from an avo, right? Obviously, can't really compare the two, but... Avo wins hands down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the point here is Avo has good fats, right? Mm-hmm. So you need to know which fats are good fats, which fats are bad fats. Right. At the end of the day, your body needs the fats. Mm-hmm. But our society and culture has created this fat is bad for your body type right. of thing. Right. But we actually need fats in so our body. So we need to the function, good fats and, and we, we need to, to
1: just stay away from the bad fats. Absolutely. Right.
0: Then be patient and persevere.
1: Mm, that's, that's so good. So
0: important, you know? Like Changing your eating habits is a paradigm shift, Mm. you know, that takes time Mm -hmm. and you have to be patient with yourself and it takes a team effort. Yeah. I I often think of like a patient who's just been diagnosed with diabetes at about the age of 56, Mm -hmm. which commonly happens Mm. and you're telling them, well, this is going to have to be your new diet
1: Mm. and
0: they're just like looking at that list of foods and they're just like,
1: like, oh my goodness.
0: You know, it's hard. It's like changing your life. Yeah. Altogether. Yeah. So it definitely requires patience, but mm-hmm. daily choices. Yeah. Daily better decisions.
1: And that's yeah. that's what leads. And you. I like what you said about doing it as a collective. Yeah. So if you're in a family, yeah, ad- address it together. If you yeah. if you live in a commune and you've got other people do it it together if you if you stay on your own do it with your connect group so (laughs) this is what we're gonna do like as a connect group we're gonna need
0: the accountability yeah yeah so good next meal planning now this is so important because we've just said that time Mm. is a is is a factor in in the food choices that people make so i mean it requires a lot of intentionality and in itself requires time yeah but it it actually saves you time in the long run.
1: In the long run.
0: And it saves you from making poor health decisions in the long run. Sure. So it's it's been shown that meal planning, cooking meals at home yeah. is actually associated with with better eating habits. habits yeah. So let's focus on that. You know, mm-hmm. I think COVID also gave us that that picture and we had more time and mm-hmm. we saw the importance of doing of that. Of doing
1: it. And you can make that part of your lifestyle. And if you, if you equate it to how long you would wait in the doctor's room to see a doctor, it's how much absolutely. money you would spend on medicines yeah. um, to yeah. try and combat the different... you know, just
0: if, if you're not making time for your health, you're making time...
1: For your disease. Wow, that's powerful. If you're not making time for your health, you're making time for your disease. Yeah, dis-ease. that's a good one. Mm. Disease, hey, disease, disease, yeah, at disease, yeah. yeah.
0: Then don't restrict calories, eat to fuel your body, mm. you know. We tend to go on diets and weight loss regimes yeah. Yeah. and cutting calories and we starve our bodies of really things that the body needs. Yeah. So we need to get into a habit of understanding our bodies, mm-hmm. listening to our bodies, eat nutrient dense foods and when we're full, stop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, I love the concept of, of eating till you're elegantly satisfied. Ah, oh, beautiful. And, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's amazing. When we're eating nutrient-dense foods, we generally don't overeat. Absolutely. But it's when we're eating processed, yeah. very refined products that we can sit and eat a whole bag of chuckles a or, or a, a whole tub. cake or a yeah. whole tub of ice cream. Yeah. or a, um, But when we're eating a balanced, nutritious meal... Mm-hmm. You get to a point where you're elegantly satisfied, and that's Absolutely. that's good. That's Can't done. Finish a bag of carrots. <laughs> yeah, you're not going <laughs> to overdose on eating a whole bag of carrots easily. No. <laughs>
0: Next, don't skimp on the fruits and vegetables, speaking mm. of carrots, you know, I think that's one we all know, but we we need to be intentional about it, mm-hmm. you know. How many fruits or how many things are you taking in that contain fiber? Because yeah. that's what we're looking for. The fiber that's going to keep us regular, mm. that's going to keep us less bloated, yeah. going to keep our intestines working, yeah. keeping us energized.
1: And I think with children, this is a big thing because I find that if I tell my children go and eat an apple or go and you eat some fruit, it doesn't really happen. But okay. if I chop up an apple and oh. I put it in front of them, they'll eat it. Or if I cut up an orange, they'll eat it and they'll oh, wow. enjoy it. So wow. I find in preparing yeah. the Creative fruit for ways them, yeah. of preparing it. and then they, they tend to snack on it. Which is Yes. Or if I chop up peppers and I put it in the fridge, yeah. they'll go and they'll open the Tupperware and they'll eat the peppers out of there. Wow. So just making that small effort yeah. actually gets those nutrient amazing nutrients into their bodies cool
0: and then next avoid the sugary drinks Mm. and
1: convenience foods
0: Mm. i mean we all know this you know coke is not great for us at all sure (laughs) um but yeah this is again this is just something that requires us to just think again before Mm. we Reflex, you know, drink those things. Yeah,
1: because it's actually a waste of calories.
0: It's a total waste of calories. It's
1: huge in calories. Yeah,
0: I mean, they even say even fruit juices, right? Mm -hmm. You could be eating that fruit. Exactly. Which leads to you being more full. Yes. Which leads to more fiber. Right. But now you're drinking the juice, the fruit juice. Mm. But you don't feel full, as full. Yeah. You'd probably drink more, Mm. right? Which means more sugar. Mm. So it's, it's kind of like... Those little
1: yeah. differences. and that's where reading the labels is also important that's because you think, oh, it's a fruit is. juice, but it's filled with chemicals and Absolutely. things you don't even know what that is. You
0: know, <laughs> it's not actually even fruit yeah. in there.
1: Yeah, so reading those labels are important. Very important. Yeah.
0: Next, focus on fish. Okay. So fish is known to be a great source of omega three fatty acids. Mm-hmm. That's something that's known to be good for our cognitive um cognitive function, memory, mm-hmm. um, and just a good lean protein. Right. You know that's good for overall health and weight management. Brilliant. So focus on fish. Okay. Does that mean less red meat? That means less <laughs> red meat. Actually, another tip that I might just add while we're there. Try to do at least one or two meat-free days a week. One or two meat-free days a week. One or two meat-free
1: days a week. I believe lentils are really good.
0: Lentils, full grains, of protein.
1: Absolutely, I mature. chickpeas. And you can you can even put some beef stock in it to make them taste <laughs> like meat. No, you know maybe what? you start to get creative. <laughs> you trust get very me. creative yeah. with the <laughs> recipes. Yeah.
0: So yeah, one or two. Start with one mm-hmm. and see how it goes. Okay, that's good. Three. Okay. Yeah. Then emphasize healthy living from a young age. I think we've spoken about this one. It starts from the day they are out of that womb, you know, with breastfeeding. We call it the window period, the first 1,000 days of life. Okay, That's a critical part in terms of development, their nutrition, instilling habits, you Mm -hmm. know, all of that. Very critical period. Affecting
1: their palate. Affecting their palate. Mm -hmm.
0: Those first 1,000 days of life are where we need to be honing in. Okay. Um, so, we need to start from a very young age and model it, you know, mm. model it so that it's not just instruction, but it's... Yes,
1: it's lifestyle. It's lifestyle. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah.
0: And then lastly, don't forget your water. Water. Water, <laughs> water, water. water, water. <laughs> I mean, like, like I said, we all know this, you know, but listen, our bodies are actually 60% water, more than half.
1: Mm. So
0: we actually need to be really intentional about this one because we lose water in a lot of ways. Like, we're losing water talking right Right. Now. We're yeah. losing water going to the bathroom. Yeah. We're losing water walking around, yeah. sweating.
1: Durban, we lose a like, lot through perspiration. Yeah,
0: perspiration. So we need to be very intentional about replacing that so that we're constantly energized. And even when we think we're hungry, we're actually
1: thirsty. Sure yeah so so you have a glass of water before you before you go eat. and eat. yeah, I actually
0: mm. used to do this thing when I was very diligent. I used to drink two glasses of water before a meal,
1: Wow, and two
0: glasses of water after a meal, okay so I'd find that actually a lot of the hunger is curbed by the two glasses of water yes, um, and then I'd feel very nice and full, and then the two after the meal would be just to make sure I'm getting in. Number your,
1: your number of glasses yeah. brilliant well, I'm sure you have found that very helpful. Thank you for your time and your expertise and about. guys, if you have any other questions or if you want Dr. Doneo to um, spend some time with you and chat through your household and your food choices and all that we've spoken about she's got she's a wealth of knowledge and she's got such a heart to help people make happy healthy Hearty choices with nutrition <laughs> absolutely <laughs> thank you so much for having me trish cool awesome awesome amen did you find that insightful awesome i think we're so blessed to have someone like dr danao and she has made herself available for anybody who wants to chat with her further um, i'm going to wrap up with this a couple uh, months ago I noticed my clothes were getting a lot tighter right but I was training so much and I said to this person it wasn't my husband it was somebody else and I was like listen I think this training is the problem and this person said to me I think it might be your diet I'm like what are you talking about like I eat so well I eat healthily and I was challenged to keep a week's diary of exactly what I was putting in my mouth and oh my goodness, I was so shocked. I was so shocked, not just about what I was putting in my mouth and how much I was putting in my mouth, but the excuses I was making for myself. Like, you trained really hard, you can eat that. You you're tired, you just go and love on yourself a little bit, you know? You need that. It's going to make you feel better. And I was so challenged because I had to go back to this person and say, "So you were right." <laughs> And um, I wanna challenge you, if you want to really assess where you're at, keep a diary for a week, one week of every single thing that goes from your hand into your mouth. And then make yourself accountable to somebody around it and you'll be amazed at, at the, the change that can come because what I did was I realized that refined sugars are my problem And uh, eating cookie dough with butter, flour, and sugar is not a good thing for me. And literally cutting it out and making it not even an option, like I won't even touch that, has helped me so much to reset my palate and to help fit into my clothes a bit better, which is great. So we need to reset our palates, reset our minds as to what food really is, why we consume it. We need to be accountable with each other. And um, I just wanna read this. And then there'll be a number that'll come up on the screen um, because I want to invite you into a 21-day adventure if you want to. And Dr. Dineo and I are going to every single day have um, some messages going out on a broadcast group where um, we're just going to inspire each other to take the right steps in the right direction and be a part of a collective. But before we go, God spoke into my heart around this sermon while I was preparing, and and I really felt like these were the words he spoke. He said, I gave the earth to humanity with everything they needed to eat and drink and flourish. Seeds, fruits, nuts, everything fresh, healthy, and produced from the goodness of the soil. What people eat nowadays is not food at all. You have rightly said it is unclean and contaminated. Some of it is even plastic. The earth groans and bodies groan because they don't have life giving, nutrient dense fuel to work with. And my people perish because they lack knowledge. Africa has land and soil and sunshine and incredible growing capabilities. It doesn't have to be the way it is. Africa can be the breadbasket for the world. Please help my church to see their role in stewarding what I have given them, their bodies, my temple, and the earth that yields and sustains their lives. So I'm going to ask my husband just to come and wrap and to pray for us. And if anybody is sick, we're going to pray for you. Um, But let's do this, and let's do it together. And let's be a beautiful church that stewards this temple, which is um, no small matter. Amen.
0: Thank you for tuning in. For more messages like these and other resources, you can visit our website at enurban.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast channel to stay up to date with the latest sin. So be blessed.